You're listening to The Secrets of Avengers Infinity War, brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and our many generous supporters. Hi, I'm Don Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Avengers Infinity War, where we will discuss the deeper layers and meaning of the latest film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Joining me today on the panel are Lisa Hendy. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Dom. Great to be with you. Thank you. Thanks for being with us. And Luis Escobar. Hi. (laughs) Hi, Luis. Again, thank you for being with us. So everyone, I just want to introduce, you probably know Lisa. Uh, She was with us recently when we discussed uh, Secrets of Lost in Space. But uh, Lisa is uh, the founder of CatholicMom.com and uh, a longtime uh, friend and participant in all that we do at SQPN. And uh, Luis, uh, Luis, is this your first time on a, on one of our podcasts? Uh, yes, it is. Oh, great. Well, welcome. Uh, so Luis, uh, if you've ever heard uh, Father Roderick's podcast, he's he's mentioned Luis before. Uh, Luis is a, is, um, a storyboard artist on The Simpsons. And you said you're you're celebrating your 25th year working on The Simpsons. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's wow, that's been a awesome. long time. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't I've many people. Yeah, there aren't many people who can say they've worked on one show for twenty five years. So that's yeah. Well, <laughs> it's over half my life. That's how long how how long I've been working on that show. Wow, that's awesome. So, um, adventures. So. This is the big one, uh, so to speak. This is what everything's been building for. So, uh, folks, at first I want to warn you, this is going to be full of spoilers, <laughs> including the big spoiler. So if you have not yet watched the movie, uh, pause, go watch it, go to the cinema, wait till it comes out on streaming or something, and then come back. Because we're going to really dig into the movie here. So uh, if you haven't seen it and you care about spoilers, um, you know, watch it first. Uh, but that said, Avengers is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's been it's it's this Marvel was the first big cinematic universe in a sense, though, or modern cinematic universe. I mean, we've had movies like the James Bond movies where they were pre- sequels and sequels and sequels. But this was one where all the movies were related, featuring different characters who would interact from, you know, Iron Man would show up in a in a Captain America movie and that sort of thing. Um, but it was all building over over the last 10 years. And I don't even know how many movies, like 25, 28, something like that movies to this big event, which is a a two part event. Uh, this movie that we're talking about now and then another movie, the, the 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 finale, so to speak, coming out next year. And so it was a big deal. First, going into this, I knew this was going to be two parts. Uh, Luis, I, I assume that you you knew it was going to be two parts. You're a comic book guy, so I figured you, you, you might know, right? Yes, uh, yeah. Okay. I, I, and I knew it was going to be two parts, and I kind of suspected how it would end up by the end of the movie, knowing that it was going to be two parts. Okay. Uh, there'd be a big cliffhanger. Uh, yes. Lisa, how about you? Did you go into this knowing how it would end? I didn't. And I'm like, I'm going to say I'm like kind of a casual when it comes to these movies. So I always enjoy them, but I'm not like a a big student of it. So actually, um, I didn't know. And uh, and I wondered when it ended, how could it possibly go on from here? So (laughs) so when kind of curious. uh, So that that kind of brings up an interesting point right off the bat. Um, 
a lot of people, I mean, we could say right now, the movie ends where half of everyone in the universe, including half of our heroes, dies at the hand of uh, Thanos or at the finger snap of Thanos. Um, and I, I know uh, there were some movie who actually, some people who actually walked out of the movie thinking this, that it was just this one movie and this is how they were going to end the story of the Avengers. Like, this is it. We're done. Thanks. And they walked out kind of angry. Like, how could you possibly end 10 years of, of stories like this? Was, was that that was that at all your experience, Lisa, like that you that that's, you thought this was it? Um, I mean, I I think I knew that there was going to be more because of the, the post credit scene. Um, just like there was a little bit of a glimmer of hope there, like right. when I waded through and uh, and saw that. And also just I didn't want to believe that, you know, that that could really that it could really end that way. Um, so okay. I had hope. <laughs> OK, all right. Because I was sad. <laughs> so. So, okay, so that that just sort of sets the scene. So just to kind of recap what happens in the movie is, is we've had this character Thanos, who's a Titan. Uh, he comes from a planet called Titan. Um, he's very powerful, um, uh, not quite godlike at the beginning, although by the end he has essentially infinite power uh, over the universe. And... Um, and he's searching for in and, and over the past 10 years, we've kind of built up to this moment where he's been searching for these uh, jewels. And we're, we're, you know, we're kind of this exposition tells us that these were jewels were created um, at the uh, creation of the universe. And each one has power control over a particular aspect of reality. Uh, well, one's called the reality stone. One's the time stone. Uh, I I, I they, yeah, you remember Stone. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was. Uh, I just. I've been. I, I just was reading one of the comics today, and they they just broke it all down again. Dang. Uh, Soul Stone, Reality Stone, uh, Mind Stone. Right. That's the one that Vision. Um, Vision had the Soul Stone. That's right. Um, soul, well, Mind, Reality, Time, Time, and then two other ones. Um, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> well. <in> what, <laughs> Whatever they like, like it's sort of somewhat arbitrary, except for maybe two of them are really key to everything. Um, uh, the time stone, especially, but we'll, we can talk about that in a, you know as we go on. But for me, the movie, the 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 whole story was centered on the idea of the value of a life. Um, is is that sound right to you? I mean, just what is what is the uh, one life worth against another life? It felt like they kept coming back to that. Um, so, uh, and just to kind of lay it out there, um, at one point, uh, Captain America says to Vision, we don't trade lives. We never trade one life for another. Vision is willing to give up his life because they want to, he, he's got the, the, the uh, not the soul stone, but the mind stone um, implanted in his forehead, and if it's taken out, he he, he would die. It was the idea, and they would destroy it so that uh, uh, Thanos couldn't get it and not get the complete set. Um, and and Captain America rejects that. Even you know, even facing down this notion that Thanos is going to try to wipe out if he gets it, wipe out trillions of people. No, we don't trade one life for others. Um, and and several times we get that. Um, uh, 
three times I've counted, people are asked to sacrifice or kill someone else for the sake of the of the trillions. Uh, vision. And it's an, it's an yeah. interesting argument. Just that Steve Rogers said that since he was the one, he did that himself uh, in his movie. Uh, ex- can you expound on that? Like, who, well, who did he, whose he, life did he trade? Him, his own, right? At the in the in the Avenger, in Captain America: First Avenger, he went down in the airplane. Yep, and supposedly died. Right, but he was frozen in the ice. Certainly thought he would die. Yeah, so he was trading his life for right the greater the greater good or whatever it was, but uh, right, and then but he wouldn't but he won't let anybody else do it. <laughs> right. Well, isn't there even this question of Thanos like ne- needing these in the first place because he's going to destroy so many people to preserve? Um, I mean, in his mind, he thinks he's doing the right thing, right? Because right. he's looking to preserve lives. There, there are too many people for the amount of resources available. Right. That's the, he's got these Malthusian ideas about overpopulation in the universe where uh, too many you know, the people are using up all the universe's resources. And so if we cut the population in half, um, the rest may live with enough to have, which is it's, it's a very interesting sort of um, uh, they make they make the population control guy the bad guy, which is kind of an interesting aspect of this. Uh, the, the, in some ways, it sort of makes this a pro-life movie. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to overextend the, the metaphor or, you know, kind of uh, baptize this movie to, you know, but what, but the, the idea of um, the population control guy, the guy who thinks that people should die so that others may live is is the bad guy. Um, but it's, I, I, I kind of want to put so a pin in that, that for for just a second and kind of go back to the 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 Steve Rogers um, Ar- argument. Yeah, the argument. And that's a, it's an interesting, it's a really interesting point because in, in Captain America's case, it was self-sacrifice. He was giving his life to save others. Um, whereas, you know, in other cases, someone wanted to make the decision for another. Um, right. And, and yeah, I but mean, the it's, vision, but the vision was willing to self-sacrifice himself for some, for others as well. Right. Although he would need, he would need Scarlet Witch to kill him. Basically, she'd have oh. to she'd have to take his life. So as a so it's that's a, right. It's a sort of the difference between um, I'm going to get into philosophical concepts, and I don't have Jimmy Aiken here to correct me when I get it wrong. So you just have to <laughs> have to bear with me. But it's, watch it's, out for voice feedback. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, send me some voice feedback when when I get this wrong, or Jeff Miller, or any of the others. But um, you know, it's the difference between. Um, Unint- you know, intending to kill some, you know, killing someone, which is an active thing, versus the yes. unintended side effect, which is, um, right. I'm, I'm, my, I, I'm trying to save others, but in that process, I lose my life. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not deliberate. It, yeah. w- deliberate as a, in, instead of accidental. Or, yes, or, or, incidental. Or a secondary even. side effect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so there's, so there's this, this theme of. You know, we don't trade lives, but we but we are willing to sacrifice, which by the end, Vision, you know, does he actually does sacrifice himself uh, at the hands of Scarlet Witch, uh, although she that that gets undone by Thanos. Um, But even uh, Doctor Strange talks about sacrifice and and uh, and then Thanos does the opposite uh, in, in which he he kills the one he loves. He sacrifices Gamora to what he thinks save trillions 
Like he he takes this this one that he says he loves more than anything else or anyone else in the ga- in the galaxy or in the universe and kills her to save others. And and it's a very interesting juxtaposition, I thought, anyway. Yeah. I almost well, got a little well, bit of Abraham and Isaac going on there uh, in that moment in the movie, you know, where he's called to, uh, you know, to do this, this horrific thing that he doesn't want to do, and yet he's going to do it. Right. Yeah, but nobody, nobody stops him, though. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. I thought maybe there would be a moment <laughs> where it was stopped. Yeah, but but uh, I hadn't really thought about it. But uh, yeah, Scarlet Witch essentially euthanizes the, the vision. <laughs> right, right. There's no, there's no two bones about it. She's not. It's not an unintended side effect. It's not. She's she she kills him to destroy. She destroys that. I mean, you you might you might make the argument that she's what she's really trying to do is destroy the stone. She's not trying to kill Vision. She's trying to destroy the stone, and that and then Vision's death in that moment is an unintended side effect. Right. <laughs> I'd still go to confession afterward <laughs> but, if I were her. <laughs> well, that, but that is, that is, yeah. And the argument could be said that she was only destroying the stone. No. Right. And I mean, and that's kind of the, the, that is exactly the, the whole situation that, that, uh, that does happen in a, in a, in a life issue where somebody, for whatever reason, maybe cancer or whatever, seeks a treatment that would be, Right. Harmful to if, if she was pregnant, et cetera. Right. Knowing yes. that the, that the cure would be deadly or potentially deadly. And it's, it's still the same kind of a thing. Right. Right. You can't, you can't actively will the, you know, the uh, evil. You can't do evil that good may result. But right. if, if, uh, if something that objectively, uh, evil happens, um, while you're trying to do the good, you're you're trying to avoid the evil, but the but the evil happens. You know, it's it's not. And there was there was a possibility that the that vision could have survived it because he had already been going through that process of getting it removed. Yes, that that so amazing it's... Wakandan technology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. There was it was it was not certain. It was not a given, although it was overwhelmingly likely that he would die in that instance. So, um, and, and one of the things about this movie is that it, it kind of talks up, it kind of places like, you know, the, uh, uh, shines a light on ideologies that place the benefit of the many over the life of individuals. Um, you know, it, you know, we, we have a, a mindset and if, I think the Avengers, uh, the, the kind of advances an idea that and I think that was the kind of a thesis in this movie that individuals are important. They have a dignity. They have a value, and that's a very Catholic idea. That's that's at the root of our Catholic faith is the uh, the dignity and value of each human person. Um, and I think they were advancing that against this other kind of ideology, which says no, no, the the millions or billions or trillions are more important. Uh, which is some of these you know pernicious ideologies that we've had, we had a fight against throughout the 20th century whether it was uh, uh you know fascism or communism or you know various totalitarianisms all the, all the isms um and and it was kind of interesting to see that play out here in this movie uh, how do you think they did with that i mean uh, did, was it was it well done was it heavy-handed 
Was it too subtle? What do you What do you think? I, I think. Oh, go ahead, Luis. Well, I was just going to say that I think it was subtle because, I mean, to me, I, unacquainted as I am with the entire canon of uh, of the Avenger universe, um, it was clear to me coming in that Thanos is a bad guy. Um, and then, but there's certain points during the movie where you begin to um, become empathetic to him somehow. Um and to the cause that he seems to be on, particularly, you know, when he's like in this place by himself um, at the towards the end of the film, um, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe that um, there's a subtlety there that can be almost dangerous <laughs> because right. you begin to you begin to suddenly see his perspective, which is not the right one. Um, and to see how he's justified in his head, what he's what he's going to do. So I think they did a real good job with Thanos. I mean, I as a. He's not just this is bad guy and everything he does is evil. You know, he's not a caricature of evil. And he's you really see a sense of he's someone who thinks he's justified. You know, every everyone is the hero of their own story in in the sense of he he's a hero. He's doing the right thing. People will you'll thank me in the end. This is what's good for you. This is what's good for all of us. You know, I'm doing I'm a good guy in all this. And that's you know that you could see that going through this you know and and you know he cries when when Gamora, when he kills gamora and you know he you know he's very you know regretful about so you know certain things but yet he does these horrific things and i think it it shines a light on um the fact that evil doesn't always look like evil in one sense um the monsters, despite he being, you know, a giant purple guy with a, you know, a striated chin, <laughs> you know, monstrousness, evil doesn't always look like a monster, doesn't always look evil. And and I think that kind of came out in, in this where Thanos, it, at some points, you're almost like, wow, he's almost he almost seems reasonable at certain points. Uh, and, and then you kind of have to pull yourself back and go, wait a minute. No, he's the bad guy. Yeah, that's the well, danger of it. <laughs> well, you know, Aquinas uh, made made uh, made an argument uh, about whether or not it, it's not it's not just what you do, but how you do it, and and that makes the difference. It's it's not it's not just doing the right thing. You have to do the right thing in the right way, right? As opposed to doing the right thing. In the wrong way, <laughs> or <laughs> right. the the worst way possible, and it's one of the it's it, it echoes what happens in Black Panther with the with the antagonist in that movie putting forth his position, and he was utterly and completely justified in his feelings and his conclusions, right? But his actions were terrible, right? He was justified so, in the sense of. He, he wrong had been done to him and he and, and there was injustice there was a, a huge injustice yes. yeah and and his arguments for doing what he was doing were solid but doing what he was doing was horrible <laughs> <laughs> right. right exactly they were bad act they were terrible actions and there must there had been they, they, you know the, the the notion was i mean even at the end of the movie Black Black Panther, he understood and changed because of the arguments 
the antagonist slash contagonist said to him. Right. But he didn't agree with his methods. Yes. So it's not the it's not just what you do, it's how you do it. Right. Kind of go back to the the ends do not justify the means. If evil you know, evil means the wrong means the wrong way of doing it can never can never be justified by having a good end, a, a good aim, you know, that in you know, that you're trying to do the right thing by doing by doing it the bad way, which is what you just said, and I just repeated you so <laughs> but it's a sort of that that thing um so uh so just kind of uh, maybe kind of like move on in the in the movie a little bit unless you have more to say along those lines actually Luis, you were i think you might you were bef- bef- with Lisa you were going to say something well actually i was to- i i agree with Lisa <laughs> i think it was it, it was really subtle i think it was subtle enough so uh because i'm just thinking about also i i'm thinking about kingsman and i'm thinking about kingsman 2 which uh, also took these kind of uh, traditionally uh, liberal uh, notions, and, and and made bad guys mm. have these the, uh, out of them, like like um, uh, right, so, uh, right. I'm trying to think. I, I, I so, so I haven't seen Kingsman two, but I did see the Kingsman one. And what was uh, it was? Oh, it was um, Samuel L. Jackson uh, who happened to be the bad guy in Kingsman one. And it was also this. It was the same sort of thing. Population overpopulation, that sort of thing. Wasn't that what the... Uh, yeah, I think the, that's what it was. The I think it was exactly the same. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was, It was. yeah, taking out most of the people to, in order for the rest to survive, yeah. So it was, it's the same, it's actually the same kind of... Interesting. It, it, it was the same bad guy <laughs> villain thing. Well, it's interesting to see this coming up in movies and in big movies and popular culture right now, uh, this... Kind of, kind of skewering this notion, trying to challenging people's notions because climate people are worried about climate change, people are worried about overpopulation, people are worried about these things, um, and I think that you know movies and TV shows often pop culture can often remind us to kind of step back and say, okay, you're concerned about these things, but let's 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 look at what, like especially in science fiction is really good at this. What will happen if you took this too far or took this to the extreme? Um, I mean, I think Star Trek always always did that. They you know they were very good right. at 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 showing us what happens if you take things too far. Um, Twilight and, Zone too. Yes, yeah, so the Twilight Zone, excellent excellent example. Um, and so these movies are doing that for us now. So that's really good. So the the other thing about this though is is there is the giant plot hole in this movie. Did, did either of you catch the giant plot hole? Which you know was, what? I didn't catch it until until you mentioned it. So <laughs> yeah. So Thanos's point is, oh, there's all there's too many people. We're using up the universe's resources. Okay, the universe is infinite, essentially. Like it just it, very hard to believe that there you could ever have like there's a trillion trillion planet uh, suns out there, stars. But okay. But now you have these godlike abilities. You could kill everyone in the universe with a snap of your fingers. Why not just make more resources? <laughs> <laughs> I wondered about that since it's called Infinity War. Also. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, but that's, you well, know. Well, I mean, if you want to just kind of branch off the point that you were just making with, um, you know, this issue of 
conservation of resources and and expanding population, which certainly, you know, we know Pope Francis even addressed this in Laudato Si. So it is very, you know, an important topic to look at. But there's no mention of like, let's be a strident dictator of people's use of resources. Instead, let's just snap our finger and come up with the expedient answer, you know, right. annihilating half the population. Yeah. Right. Not the uh, beneficial it, side of it. Isn't it not that the, there's not enough resources or it's overpopulation so much as the lack of the, the, the proper just distribution of resources? That is the problem. Right. Well, you mean in our current time? Yeah. So, yes. So that, yeah, so maybe it's not the resource problem. Maybe it's just the distribution of resource problem, and he <laughs> didn't. And maybe it's a, it's pretty much the same problem, but he just didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> right. Well, you know, if we if they've used up the resources, how about you snap your fingers and replenish them? Uh, you know, like you've 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 sucked this world dry of all of its ore. Snap your fingers. Hey, it's all full of ore again. You know, like <laughs> you've polluted the the waters of this other planet. Well, snap your fingers and cleaned it. Like what? Why does he immediately go to, you know, the problem is, is too many people. Let's kill them all. And 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 I think, I mean, on the one hand, we've, you know, we've got a kind of uh, suspension of disbelief because they're trying to make a, a story and you got to have, uh, you know, some kind of tension. And so this is the tension they chose. But on the other hand, you could say, well, Part of it is is that evil often, you know, when we have these blinders on, we like you just said, we often go to the expedient solution that that you know, let's just you know wipe out half the people. That's nice and easy, as opposed to let's reset the clock and do the hard thing and redistribute the resources and and so on and so forth. I mean, it sort of betrays a mindset that does that says I don't value life. I don't value the life of people. Um, so getting rid of half the people is, you know, just the same as, you know, uh, fixing the, the pollution or whatever. Um, can I ask a question about something that's equally as philosophical about this from a, a newbie to the series perspective? It seemed to me that the division among, um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm assuming in civil war that the superheroes were divided against each other. So yes. we come into this and they're obviously still divided from each other. So is there any possibility that their division, the fact that they are not a cohesive force of positive in the world is actually contributing toward the, the well, victory yes, of, of course, their that's, enemy. That's, that's actually exactly what the point was. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's what it was. That's what civil war was building too. It was building so that they could be divided so that Thanos could win. Right. That was, that there, was the purpose of the, that, that particular movie was to set up the universe in that way. So that when you look at it, you get like there's tw twice that they almost defeated Thanos once on Titan, on the wreck of Titan, where, uh, where uh, Tony Stark and Dr. Strange and Spider-Man and the others and the guardians were there. They almost had him until <laughs> Peter Quinn loses his mind. Uh, and then <laughs> again in Wakanda, they almost had him. They almost had him. And then they don't. But part of it is because if you just know that if all the Avengers Thor and and a Black Widow and Captain America and the rest were, and, you know, the Hulk were on Titan with Tony and the rest or vice versa, they would have beat him, which let's be honest, this is probably what's going to happen in the next movie <laughs> is whoever's left is going to get together. And did you notice that the ones who are left 
are our original Avengers. Um, Tony and Steve and Black Widow and and so on and so forth. The the and, and the Hulk. They're they're all going to be brought back together again. I mean, this is uh, this is my my guess. And that's their unity is what's going to defeat Thanos in the end. Um, right. And what's going on with the Hulk not being able to get to his full hulkiness in this film? It just it just seems like a plot device too. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 my I guess. Like, oh, yeah. Really? Are you going to do this? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I think it's supposed to, like the, it, within the story. I think it's supposed to be the Hulk got scared by how easily he was beat by Thanos. Like the Hulk is never beat by anybody. He's he's always the strongest guy in the room. And the the Thanos on on the Asgardian ship at the in the beginning so easily manhandled him that it scared the Hulk and now he doesn't want to come out of his hiding place. I I think that's supposed to be what they're saying. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it was just a conveniently plot device not to have the Hulk in there helping out because right in the same way that they depower they had to they had to uh, wound Vision right away early in the story or else he would have been able to beat the crud out of Thanos <laughs> all by himself. Right. Because Vision... Superman. Yeah, Vision is is essentially like... Uh, yeah, like you just said, like Superman. He's essentially almost all-powerful in, in most uh, circumstances, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a little bit more Martian Manhunter, but than Superman. He's, he's about in that kind of range, though. Power okay. So I would say that uh, uh, Lisa, you're you're you call yourself the newbie. I'm in the middle. I I'm I know the movies, but I'm not really up on the comics. And Luisa, you are the expert. So I'm gonna <laughs> I turn to you for the expert knowledge on the on the uh, on the, Actually, those things. Um, the the interesting thing is that out of all the the, the I I've grown up knowing about the Infinity Gauntlets. Uh, I knew they were a big deal. I've I, I even read pages of the Infinity War story, but I ne- or the Infinity Gauntlet story, but I never actually read the story until recently. Uh. At least the first the first uh, series, which was six uh, comics, and they were each like forty pages long. Okay, and then and then there was the Infinity War, which is a sequel, and then there's like two more stories after that. The Infinity Crusade, and then there's a recent modern one that I haven't read. So, are they all retreads of the same story, or are they just extensions? They are the they're the continuation and extension of what happened with the very first story, where Thanos got the Infinity Gauntlets and did exactly what he did in the movie. The interesting thing that I didn't know about it, and what was kind of uh, uh, kind of threw me uh, that th- that took me by surprise is that. The, the the by the by the first page of the first comic of that series, Thanos has the gauntlets with all the gems. Oh, interesting! So, so he starts with it. Interesting. And by the by the time the comic the first comic ends, this is not even the end of the six issue story. By the end of the first comic, he snaps his fingers and takes out half the universe. Okay, interesting. So what what they have in the first comic, this is what this half this story is about. Interesting. Yeah, like well, yeah, like the like the movie starts with him getting the Infinity Gems and all that stuff, but the comic starts with him already having them, and then he snaps his fingers at the end, and his motivations were different um, because and and rightfully 
they kind of changed it because it would have been really bizarre if <laughs> he had done it the way it was in the comics, which was he fell in love with the embodiment of death. I heard about like, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like like death is a character like in, in the Marvel Universe. There's like a there's like a I don't know, an entity that represents death, kind of like the Grim Reaper. Yeah. And he's in love with her and wants to even out a life and death. And that's the reason why he takes so it, out half the universe. So it's it's so it's just a bizarre stalker thing as opposed yes. to trying to save uh, half the you know, save the universe right. by, by saving half the people. I, yeah. I can see that why they didn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> that and omnipotence. He just wanted to rule the universe, which is really kind of dull. Yeah, it's exactly the kind of typical. They always do bad guy thing. Yeah. Right, right. Interesting. So, um, we, you know, when at the end, when all of these the people die, you know, the you know, uh, Doctor Strange, Spider Man, the Guardians, and let's see, Vision, Scarlet Witch. Um, uh, F- Falcon, every, you know, all the uh, Black Panther—they all they all fade away into dust. Did any of that have emotional resonance for you? Did like, I mean, I'm not you know, not did you cry because not everyone, not everyone has that sort of emotionalism in a movie. Uh, but did it, did it, did it, did it, did you buy it? Did it work for you? Um, the one that the one that got me was um Peter Parker when you know when uh, yeah. Spider Man dies and. I read something um, that his that that scene was kind of like ad libbed a little bit during the filming of it, uh-huh. and that um, he's the only one who kind of had a sense of like what was about to happen, and that was like foreshadowed by a point in the early in the movie where like his hair stands up on end, his spider sense, oh so right, can sense the evil. Yeah, but his spider him. sense is a spider sense. Know. Anytime yeah. that there's a danger, he feels it. And that's it, and that's that, that doesn't <laughs> so mean knew. that he, he he thought he was going to die. Otherwise, any single time you get the spider sense tingled. Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna die. Like it's, it's but I, I can't remember exactly what the line is that he says. But it's something yeah. like I don't feel I, I don't so good. Know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You no, know what he says, I don't feel so good, and he says, I don't want to go, which is straight yeah. out of Doctor Who. Uh, right. <laughs> I, I, I thought that maybe, maybe he was. I'm like, oh, like Tom Holland, like he was watching Doctor Who, and he said, I'm gonna just <laughs> do David Tennant's line before he gets he he dies. And, see, when and David I, Tennant did, I got a little dusty eyed on that. See, yeah. I totally like. I was just like, oh my gosh. And then when 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 uh, Tom Holland said it, I'm like, hey, you're just totally ripping off Doctor Who. Like, what? That's not well, okay. I have to be honest. Like none of these, the deaths, like held any like emotional resonance for you because i know that there's another there's another black panther movie coming there's another guardians of the galaxy movie like they they all have to come back like like otherwise there's no sequels (laughs) well well yes and no they all could come back but i don't know like like i don't know gamora she may be gone like like um black I, I was surprised. I'm like, ooh, they got rid of Black Panther. That's interesting. Like to me, I was like, ooh, that's risky. Ooh, that's, that's pretty. <laughs> well, except that's pretty brave to get rid of Peter right. Parker. Wow. Well, we but, know that um, we know that Tom Holland is going to make a you know is is starring in the sequel to Spider Man. We know that Benedict Cumberbatch is coming back for the second Doctor Strange. Like we we kind of I mean outside of the of the the you know the 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 story. I mean, I knew. Uh, so, but I and I don't know if other people knew that, but I I kind of knew 
that they would be coming back. And so it was, uh, this is why I like to go into movies and read books without knowing anything. <laughs> like I hate, like I don't want to be spoiled because, because I think it changes the, the, the way you're supposed to receive what the, the artist is trying to convey. I don't want to over oversell it, but you know, you know what I mean? Like the artist is trying to make a story and they expect you to receive it in a particular way without knowing that Robert Downey Jr. is not renewing his contract or, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I feel like it kind of changes the way you watch a movie when you know these things. But I didn't know if so you guys would know. Can't those future movies just be like a prequel instead of, you know, uh, directly in the line of the story? Is that probably what they will be? Well, James, James Gunn, who's directing, he's directed the first two Guardians movies and, um, and he's directing the third one. You know, some fans pointed out, well, we know that, is it is it Zoe Saldana who's Gamora, right? I forget. Uh, yeah. The act- so the actress, they're like, hey, she's starring in it. It says so on IMDb. And he's like, well, you don't know when this movie takes place. You know, this could be a prequel. It could be before. Yeah. And it could also and it could also be a flashback that she's in. Right. Exactly. Uh, I-, I would say to, to me, the most um, wrenching of the deaths was one that I didn't wasn't wrenching until after I'd seen it and heard and, and heard more, which was when teenage Groot was was dying. He turns to Rocket and says, uh, I am Groot, because that's all the only thing Groot ever says. Well, <laughs> James, they 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 said um, in the script, it always says what Groot really means. So that the other actors can can emote against that. They can you know, they can. Uh, react to what he's actually means and in that james gunn said in the script it said he turns to rocket and says dad so he sees Aww. rocket as his dad because he's he they made clear that teenage root is not the reincarnation of original Groot. he is a, you know a clone a, a cutting a, a son of of him and so he sees Rocket as his dad. And so so you 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 go back and you watch it like, oh, my gosh, you know, because I'm a dad. You know, I'm like, oh, <laughs> give me the tissues. It was so sad. Like, oh, that now that was an emotional moment. Uh, just just kind of funny. Uh, the the talking bunny rabbit and the uh, tree, <laughs> as Thor <laughs> called them. <laughs> so um, so that was the that was the death that was most wrenching to me. The, it, 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 but only in, in retrospect. Um, so uh, so the the movie had had a very difficult job which was to incorporate very different styles like all of the you know you have the very the, the seriousness of Captain America and you had the the the, the crazy funny of Guardians and um Thor which well Thor's a whole other story cuz that his movies have evolved over time to the kind of the the fun wackiness of Thor Ragnarok which uh, I think is one of the best of of all the MCU movies, frankly, at this point because it was so good. Um, and they really, they really did a great job of incorporating the feel of each of those movies into the scenes in which the characters showed up, uh, or at least I felt like that. Um, so, like when the Guardians show up, um, you really get a f- a feel for this is just like the Guardians movie. It feels the same. Um, and then when they interact with characters from the other movies, like so when Thor shows up. It's just hysterical. Like uh, to me, one of the funniest scenes is when Thor shows up on the Guardians' ship, and and uh, Peter Quill is uh, is trying to uh, you know is feeling a little, um, uh, shall we say, uh, inadequate or <laughs> inferior compared to him. <laughs> so, um, 
but I don't know if you guys felt like that about the movie or how do you, how you thought about it. Well, it makes sense where why why the tone of Thor Ragnarok was the way it was, so that when because they were anticipating Thor showing up, uh, interacting with the Guardians, so they kind of had to make a movie that bridged the right. previous Thor movies with Guardians, so that when he walked in, he felt like he belonged. That's a that's a really that, good point. That yeah, that's actually a good point that 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 might have been very intentional. Um, I'll say for me, one of the things that was, I haven't seen Black Panther yet. So, and after watching this, I totally want to go back and watch it because I loved Wakanda and uh, that whole, like that portion of it, just the, uh, I just thought it, that was so epic and yes. uh, I really, really liked it. And I liked those characters a lot. I liked the women that were uh, featured there and I thought it was great. I think Black so Black Panther. I mean, we're kind of talking talk about Black Panther in this, but uh, I, I wanted to do a podcast on Black Panther, and I couldn't get a group together to do it. So I, I can maybe we could talk just a little bit about some of my thoughts here. Um, Black Panther was lauded for um, the how it showed the diversity. There were African American or African literally characters uh, in, in that in in the, they were represented in this movie. Uh, but I I don't think people as as you said, Lisa mentioned as much how women were so well represented mm -hmm. in in Black Panther. I mean they they were. I mean they had very important roles and they were not just um you know, oh we have I to have some women show up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, I, no, I mean 90 90% of uh the the um the movie and uh what happens in the movie was the women uh, most of the fighting was the women. The most right. competent characters were the women. <laughs> the, right. It's just like the, the moral. The the they they carried they carried the the movie and Black Panther was like pretty much you know like uh, almost a second secondary to the to, to all the amount of <laughs> of women in the movie right. doing amazing things and they didn't have the power. They didn't have any of the the powers that he had. Right. That's right. And. uh, it, it, what what was what one of the things I really loved about Black Panther was how it conveyed this the idea of the sort of the what if like what if uh, um, an African nation had had the opportunity to have the the technology and the the opportunities and didn't wasn't colonized and and all these other things what could have been what might have been and I think that was what is what attracted so many people to it was the idea of what if an African nation could could have been the equal of any other nation in the world, technologically, economically, and, and educationally, and all these other ways, um, without without being the result of or being held back by colonization? And so it was an interesting study in that. And that there's a whole there's a whole discussion we could have about that. We, we're, but we're we, I guess we're not talking about Black Panther, but I just wanted to kind of throw it out there as a as an interesting discussion about why why it didn't actually happen that way in history and 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 what this kind of says for us uh now um but uh maybe we'll still get that group together and we'll still it's still worth talking about black panther <laughs> so um the the ending of the movie um essentially doctor strange he causes he he, he causes thanos to win uh, he gives. He essentially gives Thanos the time stone, which is what allows Thanos to turn back time, 
um, and get the stone from vision. And I wonder if you, if you let me throw this theory out there and you can tell me whether you think I'm crazy or not. But I think the deaths of all the heroes, Thanos getting things, it was all part of the plan for Doctor Strange. Because at one point he says to Tony, um, there are millions of possibilities and only one leads to success. And, and just before he, you know, dies, he says to Tony, it had to be this way. And I wonder if it had to be this way, because this was the only way that would result, like going through all these deaths would be eventually would result in defeat of Thanos in the next movie and turning back time and bringing everybody back. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, of course. That's, that's <laughs> uh, the, 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 the interesting thing is to me, uh, having read the source material so far, uh, the, the, the bits that I have read since I haven't read it all, um, how it's going to happen because the players in the source material that defeat Thanos are not in, are, are not in this movie. Interesting. Would that be Captain Marvel? They haven't even been introduced yet. They yeah. haven't even, they, they, they're, they've been planted as, at least one character has been planted as a seed. Yeah. At the end of the at the end of the movie, and at the end, no, at the end of the, not not the end of this the the Infinity uh, uh, War movie, but at the end of Guardians Two. Oh, I try to remember now. What was that? Who who was that? Uh... It was the big cocoon. So. Oh um, right. So there's a character called Adam Warlock, and Adam Warlock is the guy that helps defeat Thanos. It was his strategy that helps defeat Thanos. But he hasn't been introduced at all. He comes out of that cocoon. So... Yeah. Did we see the cocoon at all in this? I didn't see it. No, no. 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 That's why. It's, it's in yeah. Guardian. So are they just going to skip uh, Adam Warlock and have them defeat Thanos some other way? Interesting. Interesting. I mean, they showed the cocoon. It's like Chekhov's cocoon. If you show the cocoon in one movie, it has to be open at some other point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe that's well, because we also have at the, the post credit scene, we have um, um, eye patch. Um, Samuel L. Jackson's Nick character. Nick Fury. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Nick Fury, yeah. you know, as he goes to dust, he's sending a, te a texter, you know, a page to captain marvel that's who that whose symbol was on there um oh. and, we, and we have a captain marvel movie coming the the, the that movie was is actually going to take place it's going to be set in the 90s so it'll be prior to all of this action and the implication being that captain marvel and and who, whoever else are among those who are key to solving this maybe Right. Um, I mean, there, there are some characters who didn't show up. Uh, ha um, uh, Hawk, uh, Hawkman? Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah, so, I knew I was getting that wrong. Hawkeye. Um, Ant-Man, who's got another movie that's out, I think, this week as we record this. Um, and s a couple others that could be brought in, um, maybe. Uh, it's an interesting question. I mean, Tony's still around. Steve is still around. Uh, the Hulk. There are other... There are There are people who are you know, the original Avengers. Now let's kind of address the, 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 the lurking question mark. Um, Robert Downey Jr. Chris Evans have both 
said, you know, they've been doing this for 10 years. They're ready to move on. Um, what do you think, you know, what do you think happens to them at the end of this next, the second movie when it comes out next year? Uh, do you think, do you, what's your guess? They survive or they die? Okay. So uh, on the one hand, it could just be um, what actors tend to do, which is they say, okay, I'm done so that they can get more money. <laughs> contract negotiations oh he's ready to walk off walk out you know um so that's that's one that's one possibility but okay having said that and then maybe they really are ready to to call it quits uh there has been precedent in the comics in the source material already uh i think yeah. even uh i haven't been keeping up but i think tony's been gone for a while Interesting. Someone else is uh, Iron Man. Uh, no, there's like a, some kind of hologram of Tony kind of hanging out. <laughs> okay. But it's not really Tony. Um, and and then there's... Um, different people be have become Captain America, right? And different people have become Captain America as well, yes. So, okay. like, Rhodey has become Captain America. Uh, Bucky has become Captain America. Uh, so... And and then and, and even before that, there was a in the eighties there was another guy who was Captain America, and he became American something like, but he was kind of another. There was two Captain Americas, kind of. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah. So there, it's still possible that okay, well, Steve Rogers doesn't have to be Captain America. Someone can pick up the mantle, and and it could be Rhodey, it could be, uh, Bucky. Interesting. That would be interesting to see either of those two actors pick it up. I mean, the the likelihood I think is that from a just not uh, Brody, but uh, I'm I, I'm getting them mixed up. Oh, wow, uh, Falcon. Falcon. Yeah, I forgot his yeah his character's name, but Falcon, the guy that plays Falcon. Yeah, it's be it'd be interesting to see. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they would handle that and and passing on the mantle of that. That would be yeah. I'd be oh, curious. And that said, Rhodey has become Iron Man. Oh, right. In, yeah. in the comics. That makes sense, given that. In the 80s, yeah, in the yeah. 80s, he was Iron Man for for a while because right. I think Tony was dead. <laughs> of think. course. Or he was crippled or I don't know what. <laughs> What's the difference between soap operas and comic books? <laughs> I'm marveling at Luis's, like all that's in Luis's brain. That's very <laughs> impressive, Luis. <laughs> Well, very oh, impressive and, you, and that's not even the half of it lisa the, the, the complexities so yeah. uh, at the at the end of the of the movie so before the credits we as uh thanos has said you know once he's done what he's got to do he's going to go and sit by you know over, you know a, a pleasant valley and and bask in the in the uh the gratitude of uh of the universe um and we see him kind of walking out of this primitive hut and you know, kind of sitting down and sighing. A couple of things I notice is he's scarred, like his face is scarred and his hand is scarred. He, like he doesn't have the gauntlet, um, if I recall correctly, or or if he has the gauntlet, it's mangled. I think that's what it is. It was hard. It was very quick, so it's hard to see. I've only seen it twice. So, um, but uh, the gauntlet is mangled, and that's very interesting to me. So that you know, when he does this, it's a one-time thing, and his his superpowers are gone at this point. Um, if that's true, if that's, if, the, if what I saw was accurate. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's how the 
comic series ends is with Thanos looking exactly that way in that area, in that place. That's how the series ends. Interesting. Um, so he, he retires. He retires and he's become a farmer and he walks and he's dressed exactly the way he is dressed in the movie. That's a very interesting thing that they did decided to do it that way then, that they decided to kind of, uh, even where they've split from the comics, they decided to, to end this first half where the right. where the where the, the, series, series the whole entire series ended, yeah, yeah. I I think partly it's because it leaves us hanging. Like even the even the the comic book fans don't know what's coming because they haven't read ahead. Uh, so that's that's a very interesting uh, position to be in. Um, so I, yeah, and it's and it's good because you don't want to know what's coming. Like like as a comic book, you you you've read a version of the story. This is a different version of the story. And it's more fun not knowing what how this version is gonna turn out. So have have either of you read the Silmarillion from uh, J.R.R. Tolkien? Um, yes. So when I went to the when I saw this, I, I when I came out of the movie, I said, uh, "Hey, so I saw the Silmarillion movie today." I said, but I put this on Facebook. Morgoth was collecting the Silmarils, and the Noldor and Valor had to stop him before he got them all and unleashed hell on Middle Earth. Oh, wait. I mean, I saw Avengers. <laughs> I couldn't help myself because I'm a huge Tolkien nerd. So I, I immediately said, you know, the, the gems are the Silmarils. And the, I mean, it's it's sort of a but it's a common story. You know, this idea of the I mean, they're they're, they're MacGuffins in one sense. But the the you know, this it's the search for power um, to rule, you know, to to rule the world, to rule our reality, uh, to you know, in some in some ways, the search for power to overrule God's rule over us. You know, to that if I get enough power, I can I I God won't have any control over me. Um, that's ultimately when it comes down to the story of Lucifer and and you know becoming Satan and will not you know will not serve in heaven. Um, so I just I thought that was a very interesting you know sort of uh, 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 uh I'm trying to think of the word, the, the uh, you know, the the story kind of resonates. It's an interesting resonance in the in the story. I put it that way. But were there were there any? Did you guys have any uh, last thoughts on the movie that you wanted to share? I mean, one of the things that struck me, just as one who looks at story, I'm always um, learning about the the concept of agency. And Luis, this is probably something that you look at with your characters, but um, who controls the power in the story? And so to me, it was clear in this one, you know, who it was, um, but will he be stripped of his agency going forward? So will mm. he, um, you know, and especially with what you just said, Dom, like how, you know, how will uh, the story move forward and who who grasps that control at this point? I, I just know in writing for children, one of the things that I've always been counseled about is making sure that my child characters aren't controlled by the adults, but rather that they control their world around them and that they are the ones who lead forward in their action and all that. So just mm. as a storyteller, you know, um, what will happen from here with Thanos? Okay, so, so, wh wh but what do you mean by agency? Cause, uh, cause, uh, yeah, I, I'm really into story, but I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand that comment. So I'll tell you like writing for children in my first book, 
um, there was a particular mode of action that was going to happen. And I made a mistake, which sometimes um, adults who try to write for children make, which is that I had all these adult characters in the book and that they were actually the ones who really, it was through their decisions and through, you know, permission that they gave or whatever, that the, the plot moved forward. And my editor, who was an expert in child's children's literature, counseled me that for kids, they need to see the primary characters as their their peers, the children. They need to see them being largely in control of the action as it moves forward. So it okay. needs to the action needs to not be done to them, but rather they drive the action. Yeah, and, well, yeah, that's that's but that's in all all stories. I was right. Talking, I, I was uh, I was actually uh, ha- had a conversation with a friend of mine who was doing a short, and uh, and and uh, and the. Uh, near the end of the story, he had something happen because the bad guy did something, and I'm like, no, no, you have to have the protagonist yeah. right. instigate that because you can't just have it be by chance or be have the bad guy do it or or the solution has to come from the protagonist. Yep, the protagonist is. You well, wanted him well, to have the that, agency. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not even the protagonist. I, I should because because depending on the theory that you're the story theory, um, you could split the protagonist and the main character into two different mm-hmm. uh, 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 sources, so that you could wa- you could you could have the main character be Watson, and the protagonist be Sherlock. Right. He moves the story forward, but you see everything from the viewpoint of Watson. So the right. main character is the viewpoint. And the protagonist is the he who who moves the story forward, but the solution to the problem may not necessarily come from the protagonist; it can come from the main character. So you know, the main character has to has to do the the solving, right. or the protagonist. If the main character and the protagonist are the same the same person, then yeah, the solution has to come from them. In Infinity War, like it, throughout this story, you know, Thanos drives the action. The, yeah, so everyone he's the, else is he's reacting. the protagonist of the of the of the story. Like right. I was just talking about my wife to, to my wife about it too. Like I'm like, yeah, Thanos is totally the protagonist of the story. And and right. the thing that I admire about this story, um, because I'm I'm wrestling with it with this very thing myself, because I've got a I'm doing a, a story and it's got a ton of characters, and I'm like trying to juggle all these characters, and I'm like, how the heck did they do it in Infinity War? Because You've got so many characters, and each yeah. character is a block. Each each group of characters is a block, right? So, and they kind of represent what? What do they represent? Each block, because they each because if the main character, I mean, yeah, the protagonist is Thanos. He's the one moving the story forward. Then you've got all these teams, and they are, uh. And they have their own role to play within the story, and they have a beginning, middle, and an end in their sequences, but they're all completely far apart and broken up into its own little pieces. And it's it's like, so how do, how would you even write a scene like that? And do you just make a like a mini movie out of every single one of these <laughs> things and make a main character in each one of these things and make a protagonist in each one of these little mini situations? Between all, I'm like, dang man, this is really crazy <laughs> amount of well, juggling of of uh, of elements. Well, that's one and of the that's things. One of the things yeah. I admire the most right. about the movie. Right. That, I was going to say that's one of the, th- the great things about this movie is is what you could have ended up with was okay, we have 30 different characters that have to show up at different points. So let's just make sure everybody gets a couple minutes on the screen and says something fun. 
you know, and then they just kind of throw them in there. But mostly it's, you know, Tony and it's Steve Rogers, you know, I mean, that could have been, uh, you know, how they did it, but they, but they didn't. Everybody, you know, all of the major characters from all those previous films, they all had a role to play that was vital, that was important, that was key to where they eventually ended up. Uh, and they juggled it all. No one felt like they got short shrift. No one felt like they they were just a placeholder. You know, maybe you could say um, Black Widow, but then again, that's been the complaint about Black Widow from the beginning. I think is that she doesn't. She's sort of there and has not gotten enough attention. So uh, that that may be just a continuation of that. But but pretty much everybody gets like Scarlet Witch has got a storyline with Vision, you know Tony's got a storyline with Do- Doctor Strange, and then in comes uh, you know Peter Parker, you know the the Guardians there with Thor, and then they with Tony. I mean, there's you everyone's everyone has a key role in all of this, and it's and it's balanced. I mean, that's one of the things that makes this such a good movie is it's balanced, and and like we were saying. Thanos is the is the through line. Everybody is reacting to everything that Thanos does. No one he he is the he is proactive throughout it. Every and everyone has to react to his actions and his moves, which is why they lose. I mean, this is classic von Clausewitz, you know, the art, you know, and the art of war and you know Sun Tzu. I mean, don't if you're always on the defensive, if you're always reacting to someone else's actions, you're gonna lose. And that's what happens here, is they end up losing. Because they're always reacting. The, the the interesting question is is um Doctor Strange in that moment when he hand, when he I think he engineers the event the, he plants the seed of Thanos' downfall is when he takes that agency. I think he takes agency in that moment when he hands over the stone. And I think he sees the way through, which is a, a way of self-sacrifice, or at least temporary self-sacrifice uh and and that's his way through i thought actually that's a really good point is about the the watch who has agency in the movie um and uh also uh having left the theater uh, my the very first reaction that i had with uh, all my friends when we uh talked about it because i'm surrounded by by nerds at, at work <laughs> and and um and have a uh there's a my my one of my coworkers, kind of like my boss who's who's in the other office. He um the first thing that we said was that was the first comic book movie that felt like a comic book. Interesting. Uh, that was the hundred percent felt like like this is how comic books end all the time, like all the stinking time. <laughs> like you're just like what? Yeah, <laughs> and you're like oh. Now I gotta read the next one. You gotta wait a month and for the is, next issue. This is, but this is how it. That's this is. But it felt dead on, like a like an actual comic. Like this it, is the first time it really just felt like they nailed that feel that you get when you're reading one of these comics and you're like, no, I gotta <laughs> wait till a month for the next issue. So. Yes, and and sometimes like certain TV series as well, like. um Gosh, I'm trying to think of like, well, like the the TV series Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch, where, you know, Sherlock dies at the end of a season as one of the seasons, which, you know, it's three episodes, but you know what I mean? And, and you're like, oh, like he can't be dead. Like we have to wait like two years to see the next season of this. How, how does he get out of this? We know he gets like, yeah, I mean, it's that that, fee- that cliffhanger feeling 
that most movies, even multi-part movies like say Star Wars, they don't they don't leave you like that. I mean, maybe you could say Empire kind of leaves you like that with Han being frozen in carbonite, but that has a it, it's not really like a everyone's lost. Like the the the, bat, the evil has won in in that. There's still hope at the end. Um, this one it leaves you with that. Okay, so everyone, you know, your your guys lost. See you next month. You know, right. yeah. <laughs> well, but see, that's and and again, that's this is how it feels like. That's why I've been into comics for so long because they just t- constantly do that. They're just throwing fr- curveballs at you all the time, and right. there's no they, they're trying to always. There's no status quo. They're just like they're always breaking the characters and they're always changing things up and there's that's why you know characters that keep dying and getting replaced and then and then they sort of go back slightly to the status quo for a little while and then they break everything again right so uh, yeah this really did feel like one of it's the it's the first time that i that that the comic book movie really did feel to me like a like a like a comic like i was like wow totally (laughs) like a comic that's awesome (laughs) I think this is a good place to wrap it up for us. Uh, excuse, me, excuse the cough. Uh, and and let let the listeners kind of react and send us your feedback. Uh, we'd love to hear what what do you think? Like, how did you feel when you know your favorite character died? Did you feel like this is the most comic book of all the movies? Uh, and you know, did you know? Tell us about what you, your thoughts on uh, Thanos's agency or um, his. You know, whether was it a plot hole? You know, what did you think of this movie? So. Um, you can let us know by e- either going to sqpn.com, uh, find the show uh, uh, page there. You just click on the link, leave a comment. You can go to the fa- the SQPN Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and search for SQPN. Leave us a comment there. Uh, you can send us an email to secrets at sqpn.com. But leave us some feedback. You can even send us some voice feedback. We'll play it on a future episode of Secrets of uh, Movies and TV Shows. Uh in the meantime, you can find links to all of our personal social media and our websites on our show notes on sqpn.com. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our podcast feed to ensure you receive all future installments of The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. Uh, and so until uh, next time, uh, Luis Escobar, thank you for sharing in The Secrets of Avengers. Oh, well, thanks for the invite. And uh, that, this was fun. Great. And uh, Lisa Hendy, thank you as well. Thanks, Tom. Great to be with you. Uh, Once again, I'm Don Bettinelli, and thank you for listening.